0: You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe, and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at nine fifteen or 11, here at 847 York Street. First time in months that Roy has preached to a live audience.
1: Yes, we're and going he's live literally this morning. going Watch live this. this morning. We Watch. are here. Watch this. I'm standing up. Go. <laughs> and I am moving. He's over. moving. And I'm going rolling, to preach. Rolling, rolling. I'm gonna have a question at the end of the sermon. I will give it to you now. For so me? you have to pay, yeah, you have to pay attention.
0: Uh oh. <laughs> I'm gonna pay attention.
1: All right. Father, as we just talk about this topic of jealousy today, root it out of all of our hearts. As Christina said, we've all been there. We are there. We want to prepare our hearts for all that you have for us. Thank you for this summer reading series and our two books. And we just thank you today as we kind of end this. It's not an end. It's a deposit into our church and into our hearts individually. Help us now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. I want to thank... Frank and Ryan and Karen for doing such amazing jobs over the last three weeks as they've been carrying enemies of the heart for us. And we looked at guilt and this idea that um, these enemies work on a debtor debt relationship. And so guilt says that I owe you. Guilt's not just a noun, it's a verb. I guilted you into something. We talked about that. We don't want to live in guilt. We don't want a parent out of guilt. I've heard parents say, I owe my kids. No, we don't want to live our lives owing anyone. That's really where guilt can find a foothold. and We want to root it out. Anger is you owe me. Greed, I owe you. And so we talked about how to root those out. And today we want to talk about our final enemy of the heart, jealousy. And that is that God owes me. Now, that sounds a little bit funny, and I'm going to explain it. Uh, But we really need to get to the bottom of this and get to the root system of jealousy. And it's going to be around this idea that we think and believe that God owes us something. And the other enemies of the heart are actually easier to spot. This one is sneaky, this one hides out, and so we need to take some time today to really dig around the root system to expose the enemy of uh, of guilt. So we talked about, uh, excuse me, the enemy of jealousy. Guilt is um, remedied by confession, and confession to God. Right And God forgives us our sins, and we we no longer carry the guilt of our past and our sin because Jesus took that for us on Calvary. But there's also the confession one to another. Two kinds of confession. James tells us when we confess to God, we're forgiven, and so that weight of guilt toward God is gone. And then the uh, weight of guilt toward another person. We may feel guilty about something we've done. We can confess it to each other. And the Bible says we're healed. And so that's how guilt is remedied and rooted out. And uh, greed, we learned about generosity. And so many of you have already been practicing that and entering into generosity. And generosity is not just financial giving. Generosity is our time, our presence. Um, Christina talked about earlier uh, while we were opening the service that when I would go up and give my quality time and give it away and give it to a job that needed to be done, I was taking it from her. And so generosity, being generous with my time, learning to do that. Today we're going to talk about jealousy, and uh, let's get into that. So that's the thing you experience and you're aware of uh, when you see what you don't have, what you don't have. And the only way you realize what you don't have is when you see it with someone that does have it, right? The haves and the haves not. And so you don't really know somebody's better looking than you are until you look in the mirror or you compare uh, you compare your, your pictures on social media. Yeah, you know you do. <laughs> and so we see what we don't have. You uh, have somebody else has a better job. They have more money. They have better opportunities. And you're aware of it because you see what they have. Jealousy tells you what you don't have. You have a sister that uh, has great athletic ability, great metabolism, had it all together, all the looks, all the opportunities, all the boyfriends growing up. And you, not so much. And you recognize, and that feeling that rose up inside, I don't have that. And what we want to see is that ultimately where this comes from is that when God was giving out good looks, and when God was giving out abilities, or God gives out blessings, I've seen this happen in my own life when somebody's blessed, a direct blessing, a healing or something happens in their life. And I question say, how come I don't have that? They have that. I don't have that. And jealousy, envy begins to talk inside of us. And the dialogue, the dialogue of jealousy and envy, because ultimately I'm saying what we're really going to arrive at, we have to arrive at, is that we believe that God skipped us or God held out on us. If I, was as, as, if I was as athletic as Jim, I could have got that scholarship, too. If I had that person's good looks, I would have a great partner today, too. If I had his brain, well, you get it, his brains, his whatever, you get it. But here's the sneaky thing about jealousy And here's what we've got to really understand. This debt-debtor relationship, if we're going to stay true to this and, and understand, we have to make this connection that in order to remedy jealousy, in order to root it out of our hearts, we've got to understand that jealousy is really not toward the person who has and we don't have. That's how it manifests, but that's not its source. Because I want you to think about this. The person that has can't pay you what you don't have. In other words, if somebody's better looking than you are, what are they going to do? Disfigure their face so they give you something so now you feel like the, the, the scales have been balanced? I mean, think this through. The person you're jealous of the person that, that is manifesting, the situation that it's manifesting, they can't pay you what you don't have. Therefore, you're not in the debt-to-debtor uh, relationship with that person. You're in a debt debtor uh, relationship with something else and someone else. And we're going to see that it's actually God, and jealousy in its root system is saying, God owes me, God skipped me, God withheld from me. Now, as Christ followers, our head's going to tell us, and especially if you have um, kind of a religious background or any kind of religiosity like we all tend to have from time to time or have a lot of the time, our immediate thought is, oh, no, 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 you can't, you, you can't, God doesn't owe you anything. God's God. You know, we, Jesus died on the cross, all to him I owe, right? And we know the scriptures that talk about my life is no longer mine, and Christ, you know, gave his life for me, and so I owe Jesus my life, and that's a, that's a legitimate owe. I owe him my life because not out of guilt, but out of exchange, And so how is it possible that God could be owing? Now, if we don't get it right, jealousy will continue to be misdirected. Jealousy won't get rooted out, and it will stay hidden in your life. Now, it shows up. I mean, jealousy can really show up in some ugly, ugly ways with this idea of the haves and haves not. So let's say there's a guy at work. And he's a you're in sales, and his sales numbers have been skyrocketing. They always skyrocket. You're always number two. You can never quite get to his sales level. And uh, the reports are coming in, but he has a crisis in his life, and he gets kind of taken out of the sales for a while. And so the sales numbers now begin to shift, and you're number one. You're like, yes! And you're actually relishing the fact that he has a crisis in his life at that moment, and the scales got tipped, come on, we got to be honest about this. And for that moment as we're dealing with the jealousy, in that moment it's almost like, ha-ha, it feels good? Because the scales are tipping, but it didn't deal with jealousy. Jealousy will just show up in another relationship. And so it did pay you in that moment, but it paid at a cost. How about you're an athlete and you're competing, and the other athlete takes an injury in the game. <laughs> yeah, oh, I'm so sorry. Really? You blew your knee out? Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> Come on, we're talking about internal dialogues of jealousy and how it works and how this, if we just rely on the payback of the person, you're going to see it doesn't meet the debt of jealousy. All right, look at i, I got to admit to this one, all right? Facebook. You get to meet people you haven't seen for years and years and years. So there's that person in high school, um, that guy, the guy for me, who was buff. He just had the, the genetics. Um, I was always a string bean. Um I mean, I just, I wouldn't take my shirt off when we went to the pool as, as young adults because there was nothing to take my shirt off for. Um, and, and the other guys, man, they had the pecs and they had the biceps going on. And, and so, I mean, I, I just remember going, I wish I had a body like that. And so, so, you know, years go by and like maybe 20 years go by for me or 30 now. Oh, no, it's more like, never mind. It's a lot of years since high school. And on Facebook, I see this guy. And I went, oh, <laughs> time has not been kind to you. Wow, are you kind of showing some COVID pounds, dude. And what I'm really is in that moment enjoying the fact that he no longer looks so good and I look better. Wow, has he aged. So I think that's enough relatability. We all can relate. But the root system of that, and that's kind of a minor way that jealousy works, but I want to show it to you. Because at that moment I actually felt better that in that what the haves and the have nots, he had a great body, he had great looks, he had genetics, that he could go out and lift some weights and something could happen. But jealousy has to be rooted out. And this is it isn't gonna be paid back this way. It's not the debt, the debt of relationship. And if we don't get to the root system, it becomes a blocker. Here's what you got to hear. It becomes a blocker in our relationships. You can't love somebody that you're jealous toward. I've seen parents who will say the words, I want my kids to go further than I ever did. But when their children get jobs and they get higher-paying jobs and their children have a nicer house and the children are just further along than they ever dreamed they would be, jealousy begins operating and kicking in. And parents don't understand why, but there's a breach now between their adult children and themselves. Jealousy at the root system of that because the parents are now envious and there's a a divide and the kids don't even know why. Between spouses, between co-workers, between people at church. You know, somebody does something at church and, and, and it just goes a little further and gets a little bit more shout out and jealousy kicks in and now we despise that person. We have, you know, envy and all these things. And we root this out because we want to be a relational church. We want to have relational families. We want to grow in love. Jealousy will not, it'll block you. It'll stand in the way. And I need to say this, no relationship is safe from jealousy, none. So if we're not going to remedy this by balancing the scales because somebody has a setback, <laughs> how are we going to get down to understanding? Well, we're going to start with it, understanding. And admitting that it starts with, we're angry at God. We are saying, God, you held out. You gave something to someone else that you didn't give to me. Now, James asks this question in the New Testament, the book of James. Here we go. We're going to get really serious with this. We're going to look to the scriptures and find out what to do. He says, he asks this question. I'm making the connection. Jealousy is the blocker in all relationships. He says, what is causing the quarrels and fights Among you. Great question. Well, I mean, if I have to answer that question, this week, you know, Christina said on your way home, can you pick up such and such for dinner tonight? And uh, I need, can you do it? Because I need to be out by a certain time. And so I stop at Canadian Tire. I browse a little bit. I need a little me time. I'm looking at some stuff I want to buy. I come home 15 minutes late, and I forgot to bring home the food. And we have a fight about that. Now, we didn't really, but we could have. (laughs) This can happen. This could happen. And maybe it happened. Anyway, so... So we start to have a quarrel and a fight about that. And she says, you didn't honor the fact that I needed you home at a certain time. And I'm thinking, yeah, but you didn't let me have some me time. And you can leave 15 minutes late. And so we start to have a fight and a quarrel. And James says, why are you having that fight or quarrel? Hey, stop, time out, and have a look at that. Okay, it's circumstantial. Um, I didn't come home on time, or I didn't honor, or whatever. And we look at the circumstances of the fight we just had. And James says, no, it's actually deeper than that. Yeah, you can try to figure out fights at a circumstantial level, and every fight would have a different circumstantial reason for the fight or the quarrel. But James is saying there's something inside that is the source of every single relational uh, conflict. You say, Pastor Roy, that is too simple. Yeah, I thought so too, too. But as we look to the Scriptures, and James is showing us something, I want you to see this because this really is so powerful. And I don't want to oversimplify, and yet James is oversimplifying and helping us understand that it's something from the inside. He said, what causes quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires that war within you? And this, this idea, of evil desire, means it literally means the pleasures of our heart and our lives, the appetites of our heart and our life. Now, the appetites themselves, I'm using the New Living Translation here, uh, the appetite themselves are not evil. What the New Living Translation is saying, when we fulfill the desire for pleasure in our life in a way that's outside of how God designed it, they can become evil. They can begin that emptiness in our life. We're trying to fill the haves and the have-nots, and we're trying to put something in our life that we don't have, and we take it into our own hands and put it into our life. It can cause havoc and destruction. Jealousy is at the root system of this. Watch this. So, um, you don't have what you're longing for, which isn't wrong. What you want pleasure for, which isn't wrong. He say, he goes on. He says you want what you don't have, the haves and the have-nots. So you scheme and kill to get it. Now I don't remember the last time I killed somebody to get something. And so is James making a point here? He is. He's not really talking about murder. He's talking about. I can suck the life out of relationships I'm in because inadvertently and underneath I'm sucking something and trying to get something from you. I'm trying to get you to pay me something. I want what you've got, and I don't have it, and it's blocking our relationship, and I'm literally taking the air out of the relationship. Come on. We can do that, and you've you've been on the other side of that, You've had somebody you can't figure out. Everything you do feels like a competition. Everything that you talk about, and you're just trying to connect with that person, and they're trying to one-up you. They're trying to tell you. You could be saying, I'm sick today. Oh, I'm sicker. I, 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 got, I got this. No, I got more. What is that? It's so life-sucking. They're operating in jealousy. They've got something, there's something causing them to pull from you. So it actually, we're we're, we're pulling life and not even realizing it. We're killing other people relationally. You are jealous. Here it is. He brings it all to a head. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. Now, that's an interesting thought. You can't get it from them. Debt, debtor. And unless they take a hit in life or something happens terrible to them to even the, even the odds. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. The source of quarrels. The source of fighting. It really is the essence. I didn't get what I wanted. Think about it. Any fight or quarrel you've had, you got viol- you felt you got violated. You don't have something. The other person took it from you. You're trying to get it back. Yet you don't have what you want because you didn't ask God for it. Now, this is amazing. We've been asking for things in the wrong place. We've been trying. When you're jealous of that, when I'm jealous of that guy in high school, now I'm going, oh, you know. Jealousy didn't go away because jealousy is just going to pop up somewhere else in my life, and it's going to become a blocker in, in another relationship. I can't ask that guy for better genes. And here I am going, I want genes like you. I want a body like yours. I want to age graciously like somebody else. But they can't pay you. And James is saying, and so when the essence is the jealousy that's causing the problems, hey, now listen, not every problem, but we really need to focus on this today, a lot of problems in our life. We didn't ask the right person. We should be asking God. Appetites and and the appetite for things in life aren't wrong, but have you noticed they tend to grow and grow and grow? And the more you feed them, the less you're satisfied and the more you want it. Whether that's, you know, sexual pleasure or food pleasure, power pleasure, finance, whatever it is that we're looking for to fill That the more you try to feed it, the hungrier, so to speak, you become. So we know indulging is not the answer to root this out. We know that we can, uh, but we need to do something about this. And so what we want to do is we want to bring our desires to God. James says, you are experiencing this because you asked the wrong person. You should be bringing your desires to God. Now you might say that sounds a little funny. It might be a little petty to say to God, you know, I was just noticing that so-and-so's nose is so awesome, and I'd love to have a nose job. I mean, I wish I had a nose like that. How come I got this ugly nose and they got that awesome nose? And you're saying, you actually want me to pray about that when it kind of rises up and go to God with that? Yes! (laughs) How would I pray a prayer like that? Would you pray like this? Dear Jesus, I know I'm not supposed to be feeling this way, but... No, that's not the way you pray that. It's so religious because what we've done is we've come to the conclusion that either God doesn't care about it, or we're not connecting with God really is the one, and you have to begin pouring out. I encourage you, learn how to pour out your heart and say, God, I really felt like um, I missed out on this, and I'm bringing this desire to you, and I'm asking you to fulfill it. I'm asking you to change this in my life. And I'm talking about unfiltered. You go for it. Pour your heart out prayer prayer. Not the kind of prayers where you kind of, you know, get really religious and say, okay, God, um, I know I should be more mature about this, but I guess I'm supposed to talk to you about it because Pastor Roy said to try it. No. Unfiltered prayer where we begin to say, God, my finances suck. And I feel like I can never get ahead, but it looks like everybody else can. And, God, I'm bringing this to you right now. And I'm pouring my heart out asking you, who is the author of my finances, the author of my job, the author of everything in my life, and you begin to pour it out to the one who can make a change in your life. We're talking about the remedy of jealousy today, and it's, first of all, number one, admitting and confessing the root issue is me. <laughs> I'm getting in my own way. Jealousy starts with me realizing I don't have something. And don't say I don't have something, that must be wrong. It's that, no, number one, admitting it starts with me, and I realize I don't have something. Number two, the only way you're going to root this out is now bring it and confess it. Bring those desires to God. Now, here's the cool thing. I wish I could tell you that everything you're going to ask God for, he's going to say yes to. He is going to say no to some of our requests. Now, as good parents, we wouldn't give our children everything they wanted. Now, as good grandparents, we give our grandchildren everything they want. Christina has this basket in her room with chocolate bars in it. Every kind. I mean, if she finds one that isn't in the basket, she purchases it. Our grandkids know. They say, Nana, can I go to the basket? And it doesn't matter what mom and dad say. With Nana, it's yes. All things are possible with Nana, and it's yes. But God isn't our grandfather. He's our father. And, of course, as parents, we don't give our children everything they ask for um, because we know if we did that, Nobody would want to be with our kids. They would be such jerks. Nobody would want to play with them. They would be spoiled, rotten, and they wouldn't be able to look after themselves. So as wise parents, now watch this, as wise parents, we want to say yes as much as we can when we say no, we're not withholding from our children. Uh, Hopefully, it's not like jealousy, but, 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 but God, who would never experience jealousy, he wants to give unconditionally to us. God never says no because he's holding out. God says no because he knows what's best for us in our development. And so... You might be listening today and going, so then why bother praying? Why bother? Because there's a chance God will say no. This is the crux of this thing. This is what we're going to get down to. This is what's so important. God wants you to ask. Nana loves it when the grandchildren ask. As a parent, you love it when your kids ask and you want to say yes as much as possible. But when you say no, it comes with a learning. It comes with an instruction. It comes with they're going to grow and be so much better as people, and you can explain and and, and give them a no. Now, sometimes with God, we don't get an explanation. Sometimes with God, we don't understand. God wants you to become so dependent upon him. God wants you to learn in your relationship, even in the have and the have-nots, that if there's something you don't have, and there's a longing and a pining and a pain in your heart because you can't. Get to it, the way is not to satisfy it, but to bring it to God and pour out your heart and say, God, I'm going to be dependent on you. Maybe you're lonely today and you're looking for a partner or a relationship in your life, and singleness is just crying out in your heart. It hurts so bad. And, and, the, and the thing is, no one who under, can understand that that's in a relationship, and you're talking to your friends who have relationships, and they don't understand. And, and instead of letting that block you today, you would pour the pain of that out to God. God created you. He put that longing in your heart in the first place. But instead of trying, listen now, satisfying it by taking matters into your own hands and not taking a temporary no for an answer. See, this is where it gets hard. God wants you to learn to take no as an answer. And even when you don't understand, sometimes we can't explain no to our children they don't have the capacity to understand it until they get older. And it won't be till another day that you'll fully understand why it was a no from God to you and that he wasn't holding out. But when you go to God and he says no and you go around God and you do it in your own strength and fulfill it on your own. Yeah, I did that with my folks and If you're old enough today to be independent, you did it with your folks. And how many times did that get us into a situation that we've regretted? God wants to pour his blessings upon you in abundance. God wants you to learn to take no for an answer and not take matters. Into your own hands. James went on to say, "Whatever is good and perfect comes down to us from God, our Father, uh, who created all the lights of heaven, the splendor and the glory of earth and the universe. Is the God who gives us everything good? Say good, good, and everything perfect, perfect. He wants to pour out abundantly on you. He's not the God who holds out. He's the God." who wants to bless. Come on, the remedy for jealousy, admit and confess. The root issue is me. I have this longing. I have something that I don't have. I want it. Instead of taking matters into my own hand, go to God. Pour it out, God. This is hurting on the inside. God, this longing on the inside, bring it to God. And 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 begin to wait. Number 3 is to celebrate with others when they have. Tell you a quick story today, and and uh, you might be surprised by this. But did you know that pastors are some of the most competitive people? I mean, more competitive than hockey players, more competitive than. And you would say, how is that so? Well, because we are in the public eye. Um, in that sense, we perform, and understand how I use that word. You know, we come and we teach the word, and we, we are shepherds. We do all those things. But there is an aspect of the publicness of pastoring that pastors are very aware of. I'm very aware of. COVID was the worst thing for that because now I can go on other pastors' pages and see how great they're preaching, way better than me. Or I look at a church whose live stream looks way better than ours, and here's the one that my wife can tell you she catches me looking at how many online views another church might be getting, and I compare it to Harvest. In that moment, jealousy rises up. I'm just being honest with you. I experienced this. How come we don't have as many? What's wrong with, and I start to, it all starts to happen which actually could put a relational, if I'm in relationship and I am with some of those people that I'm comparing myself to, I start to resent them for doing so well. Now what happens in the relationship is when they're celebrating how awesome it's going for them, I can't celebrate it And I can't participate in their lives. They would sense that sucks the life out of a relationship. And they realize they can't share with Roy how well things are going. Because on the outside, I go, yeah, that great. But on the inside, something life-sucking called jealousy is in the way. I've learned to practice this. And it's a habit that you you can get into. And I've done this. And that is when I see something and I feel that rise up, I will go out of my way to truly celebrate. Now, that doesn't mean, like, my example where the guy that's, you know, I think hasn't aged well or is overweight and I'm not, you know, I'm feeling good about it. Hey, dude, you're looking so awesome. No, that's insincere. <laughs> And that is condescending. I'm not talking about it. I'm talking about full out, they're doing better, and you're feeling the have and the have not. You've taken it to God. I've said, God, how come I can't preach as good as that guy? God, how come people don't come to our church like they come to that church? And all this natural stuff, and it is. But I'm not being petty. I'm bringing it to God. I'm saying, God. And then the third piece that I can practically now I can say to that person, dude, your church is killing it. I mean, I am so excited. And here's what I have found. When I've done that, I've opened the door that there's a safe place for them to celebrate as well. Hey, don't you love to be celebrated? Don't you love it when you can say to somebody, My life's going super good right now. I mean, we tell people, hey, my life is not going so good, and we get support. But how about when life is going amazing, and you just want to tell somebody how amazing your life is going, but you don't have relationships in your life that can celebrate with you because they're life-sucking. And you know the minute you say, oh, man, I got a bonus this week in my check, and we're so blessed. And they either have their hand out to get some, or they feel really bad, and you can't figure out why. Because jealousy's operating. But how about being in each other's lives where we go, oh, man, no strings attached. I want to celebrate. And they're like, really? Oh, yeah. And then they can celebrate with you. Something happens relationally when you enter into celebration with one another. We actually grow in a way that we c- we can't otherwise grow emotionally, spiritually, and in every way. Let me give you one last one. Be thankful for what you have. The Bible says in Psalm 16:6, 6, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Yes, I have a good inheritance. As we get ready to close this service today, I'm going to ask Christina to come and join me here. You know, this scripture, I've held this scripture close in my heart, and it's this: it's talking about the boundary lines of your life. And you might be looking at your life today and saying, my boundary lines are really small. I don't have a lot. Pastor Roy, you want me to be thankful for what I have, but honestly, there's so much haves and I have so much little have not. I, I don't know how I could be thankful. I want to I show you this in the scriptures today, this secret from God's word. And it's the lines that fall into me in pleasant places. Your inheritance from God is bigger than you can see. It's bigger than you know. That's what the Scriptures teach us. It's more than you can pray for more than you can ask for, more than you can dream. What you presently are possessing in your life isn't everything that God has for you. If you can break this thing called jealousy, if you can root this thing out, what you're going to begin to see, that God's lines for you are huge. They are humongous. The Bible says more than you can contain. In other words, your inheritance from heaven, it will grow. Your inheritance lines will expand As you become thankful for what you have, and then God can begin to reveal to you, let's just bump that line out. Let's bump that line out. Let me get your inheritance out to where it needs to be. Think about it. You wouldn't give a five-year-old, if you passed away, you wouldn't entrust a five-year-old with your inheritance as a family. You would put them under guardians until they were of age and they could handle. God, as we're growing, as Dumping out your inheritance lines. If he says no today, it's because there's an amazing yes in the days. And I hope this has blessed you um, as you, we root out uh, gr- guilt, anger, greed, and jealousy. Christina and I just want to pray for you today. Uh, and uh, I'm just going to ask her to bless you as you're watching today. And then we have some announcement for you that we want to share. But just if this is something that's real for you today, as you're rooting out jealousy, let's believe God for a miracle right now as you apply the word to your life.
0: Father, I just... Thank you for this word, and for some, God, it's a hard word because it's in all of us and it's a root God that you are always after to pluck out so yes. we can live in freedom God yes. we can live in that place of honesty God that that we can just say I give it to you these feelings I'm feeling this yeah. way I'm feeling this jealousy I'm feeling Jesus yeah. just take it because yes, it's not of you God I just pray oh, for oh, that geez. one struggling today with, with jealousy or even that one today that has made that decision that God I'm giving it over to you because this is not of you this is not where you want me to walk. God, you just want us to walk in freedom because Father, regardless, you see us beautiful. You see us perfect. You see us just whole, God. And Father, I just thank you for this word. It was an awesome word, and it was a real word. And for many, it was a timely word, and it touched It just knocked it out of the park and touched home. Father, I just thank you, God, for these days where you are speaking to us about ourselves, God, and you're working on the man, God, because we are important to you. We love you, Jesus. And just thank you so much in your name. Amen.
1: Amen. Hey, if you've discovered as chris prayed some jealousy the thing isn't to get all feeling condemned now and go oh my goodness i have all this jealousy you're well on your way all of us have it christina i'm so appreciate how you prayed that all of us and this 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 word just kind of points and it pointed at me in my own heart now you can begin the work as you did with the other enemies to begin to rise up put your boxing gloves on and say enemy you're not winning over me anymore hey we've got some